Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Hello, I'm Clay, and this is the Fish Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Fish Nerds, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. Always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm happy to be here. I'm a licensed fishing guide and your host. And tonight we have a very special episode uh, because we don't usually release on Sunday nights. Uh, usually it's like Thursday or Friday whenever I get around to it. But tonight's important because Tim Beat and and the crappy hippie have gotten together with our friend Angie Scott and they put together a little tribute to Ron Linder, who has died uh, recently. And uh, we want to make sure that we are we do a little tribute to one of the f- grandfathers of modern fishing. It's really important. Ron Linder died this week, uh, and it's really important. So Angie Scott, Crappy Hippie, and Tim Beat have their segment, Lure Love. So we're going to do that, and then that's it. That's the whole show. It's going to be short tonight because we just want to make sure that we pay proper tribute. i got to find the music now. Lure Love, I can't get enough. Got a space in my tackle box, just got to fill it up. Lure love, I can't ever stop. Don't got a basement, got an underground tackle shop. Welcome to Lure Love. I'm Tim Beat, here with my co-host, the crappy hippie John King, and we have an incredible interview to share with you today. Earlier this week, Ron Lindner passed away at the age of 86. Ron was a legend in the fishing world. He was a guide, tackle and equipment designer, and inventor with several patents and 30 unique designs to his credit. While perhaps most famous for inventing the Lindy Rig, which was a live bait setup that uses a sliding curved sinker that prevents snagging on the bottom, the Linder brothers, Al and Ron, were also responsible for creating classics such as the Dingo Jig, a bucktail jig, and Pee Wee's, a metal jig with a spinner at the back. Ron's brother Al was his longtime fishing buddy and business partner. They started making lures in their parents' basement, and when Al was in high school, He tied jigs with his friends, and Ron went to bait shops where he sold them from Chicago to Milwaukee. Ron and Al went on to create In Fisherman Magazine and create many fishing TV programs. After selling In Fisherman Magazine, the brothers created Lindner Media Productions, which creates educational fishing programs and advertising for companies such as Rapala, Berkeley, Shimano, Mercury Outboard Motors, and Gander Mountain. Many other Lindner family members are involved in the business, too. Our guest today is Angie Scott, host of the Women Angler and Adventure podcast and expert angler. Angie had met Ron at a conference and had a chance to chat with him and has interviewed Al on her podcast. She's going to share some great stories about the Lindner's support of women in fishing, and she's also going to share her go-to lure with us. So let's jump right in. So the first encounter I had with the Lenders in person was I attended the Fishing Careers Workshop 
two years ago, uh, and it was at uh, Madden's on Gall Lake, which is right there in their neck of the woods. And uh, the Fishing Careers Workshop is basically a day where they bring in a bunch of different people that work in the industry from all different facets. So it went right along with that, you know, initial idea of a podcast that I had uh, that ended up morphing into the woman angler and adventure before I actually attended the fishing careers workshop, but they had all sorts of different speakers and Ron was actually there. I did not meet him at that workshop, but I did get to meet Al. And so that was my first uh, encounter with them personally, but last year, or actually, no, it was still this year, but it was January up at Wisconsin Dells. I was at the National Professional Anglers Association Conference, and they had invited me to uh, do a couple things. One, to co-host a women's social hour, because, uh, you know, er- everybody's trying to get women more involved in fishing and, and PAA is uh, no exception to that. And then also do a, a little seminar roundtable uh, type thing. And uh, so during the social hour, there was only like, I think I want to say eight of us in the room. So eight women that showed up at this sh- social hour, which it should be way more than that. And uh, and hopefully that number continues to increase. But so we were... Uh, kind of just going around the room introducing ourselves and talking about our experience and fishing a little bit and after a few minutes uh this older couple older gentlemen came in the room and I was like well this is kind of weird because this is you know this is the women's social hour and after after a bit I realized the one of the older gentlemen was Ron Lindner and after I realized that I was like oh oh cool. That's Ron Linder. That's awesome. (laughs) What a relief. Yeah. (laughs) Not just some dude coming in here to get free hors d'oeuvres. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, does he know this is the women's social hour? Like, and then he was asking, he chimed in and was asking all us questions because he was picking our brains to figure out how, what they're doing or how anybody can help get more women involved in, in the fishing industry. And I just thought that was so cool that he was that interested that he would show up to that particular thing. Cause there were a lot of different things going on at that same time. And he picked that out of everything that he could have gone to um, really said a lot to me. And I got an opportunity to talk one-on-one with him afterwards for quite a while. We actually got into a fun conversation talking about fishing down in Florida. I had no idea he was so avid uh, fisherman in Florida, you know, cause I only associate him with, you know, Minnesota and walleye fishing and all that, but he loved to go down to Florida and tarp and fish and stuff. And I had just, had that experience in the fall uh, where I spent a couple weeks down there traveling around and inshore fishing down in Florida. So we had a really fun conversation about that. Fantastic. That is great. I'm just sitting there ear to ear, you know, nodding my head. I mean, (laughs) how fabulous to get to meet and and talk to um, uh, such a, such a fishing legend. And, and uh, what a great story that, you know, still, still a, a, a visionary, you know, knowing where fishing's going, 
knowing where, you know, things are headed, knowing, you know, what's important to keep our sport alive and healthy. Um, truly one of the greats. Yeah. And his brother, Al, the same, you know, they have the same mindset on that. And one of the things that Ron brought up as well, um, they remember the Bass and Gals tournament trail back in the day that Sugar Ferris started. And I'm kind of part of now the, uh, I don't know what the, what the word is, but the, it's gone through several different, uh, kind of formations throughout the years so bass and gals that was a pretty hot women's bass tournament trail back in the day like in the 80s and stuff and then it it morphed into so bass started a women's tour Mm -hmm. and that only lasted for a short while and when they decided to end that uh, the lady bass anglers association a couple ladies that fished that trail stepped in and formed the LBAA, which is now the Women's Pro Tour. And I fished my first event with them back in October just to kind of get a taste for it and get my feet wet as a co-angler. So next year I'll be fishing it as a boater. But so it's all kind of a descendant. That's the word I was looking for from the Bass and Gals Trail, which was a really hot uh, women's tour back in the day that sh- that Sugar Ferris was a part of, and the Linners were huge fans of that. All right, now when I first became with, familiar with the Linner brothers, like I say reading Fishing Facts magazine because before they started their whole media empire, this is a magazine that they participated in wholeheartedly. They they bought ads in it, they submitted articles to it, they were big supporters of the magazine, and. 1975 when they started in fishermen i was all 13 years old so here i am as a you know 10 11 12 13 you know up through my teen years with this beautiful exciting time where you know i'm learning how to use a flasher unit and everybody called them fish finders back in those days and and uh, learning about structure and walking around like you know the most insufferable instant expert imaginable you know at the junior high and at my high school talking about structure and drop-offs and and you know how i'd gone from when i was a little little kid to saying oh there's some brush sticking out that might be good or there's a point over there that might be good and different ways to interpret things by sight you know how to read a lake just like like a trout fisher might read a stream uh but being able to now with the uh the sound and the sonar being able to take that that perception to another level and it was guys like ron linder that were you know leading the way saying yes it's right yes it's true yes you know him and buck perry and spence petros and and these guys going into these quote-unquote fished out lakes and just slaying big fish numbers of big fish you know teaching people how to factor in current current seams um, structure that uh, you might not think of as structure and 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 uh how to put together different components of habitat plus um, fishes activity level plus you know uh factoring these things together to be able to um, up your chances of catching fish each and every trip and um although there's many many great names that had a lot to do with that uh, we talk about Roland Martin, Bill Dance, and so on. Uh, there is nobody that's going to supersede the Linder brothers uh, when it comes to passing along that education to a very large segment 
of the fishing audience. And so I just, you know, in my final words about Ron, I never had the privilege of meeting him, but I certainly was impacted by the lives of the Linder brothers by Ron Linder. And I appreciate very, very deeply the amount of things that he taught me uh, through the media, um, through his enthusiasm, through his new insights and through his willingness to share this information, because even though you can make money fishing, most of these guys are just motivated by, Hey, I want to see people enjoy it more. I want to share what I love and uh, see people enjoy that. And he was certainly one of those people. We're going to, we're going to miss the heck out of you, Ron. That's for sure. John, the, I don't know if you know, but Ron and Al Lindner wrote a book, Reflections at First Light. And it's about their faith. They're, they, they're both um, Christians and it, it relates to fishing a lot. But Ron told a great story in there about fishing facts. They were writing all those articles pro bono. They weren't getting paid for it. I don't know if you know, but when they sold the lure company, they sold it to Rayovac, the, the battery company that had a fishing division. And for a while, part of the contract was they would work for Rayovac. Well, Ted Turner was just starting up TBS, and they were talking to him about doing a national fishing show, televised fishing show. So they, they quit their jobs at Rayovac to do that. And uh, I guess the fishing show got kind of held up in um, production and some legal issues and things like that. Al was fishing the tour at the time. And so Ron had to go down and, and tell him, hey, this is what are we going to do? And we don't have a lot of money and um, we don't have the TV show now. What are we going to do? So they took all of those articles from Fishing Facts and they put them into these reports that they were going to sell. They had some mailing lists and things. And the first time they mailed it, they got $150,000 in orders and that turned into in fishermen. It was kind of a fluke. Oh. It, they, their wives were... Uh, stamping the envelopes and getting the things out and filling orders. They just pulled this stuff together. The guys were just tenacious. I mean, talk about like a, a side hustle, but as you said, they had such great content and, and people wanted to read this. That's what I always liked about in fishermen. There was all the science in there. They were looking at this and testing things and what makes the most sense and what a fish see, which I loved as a kid. And today it's one of my favorite fishing magazines still. That backs up exactly my perception. You know, they're pushing that information out to the fishing facts public just just to get it out there. You know, yeah, um, they were all about the fishing. And you know, when uh, Al was quoted recently after Ron died, talking about how he said he had lived his life fully, he was um, didn't have any regrets or anything. He Ron was still working into his eighties and still fishing two hundred days a year. I thought. I tell you what, is that a fishing hero or, or what? You're in your 80s and you're still on the water 200 days a year, especially in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> tough, well, tough. Life well lived for sure. Well, for my conversation with him too, though, he did spend a fair amount of time down in Florida. So maybe that was kind of part of it going down there in the in the colder months. You're talking about television, um, and one one of the interesting things when I had my interview with Al was uh, for a while there, TNN, which was the Nashville network that no longer exists, or and they might have brought it back, I'm not sure, but uh, um, he he had told me that uh, for a while the Nashville network was the only network showing fishing programs and so he's actually spent a fair amount of time out here on percy priest 
doing uh, filming for various television shows. And a lot of times they'd include a, a legendary country artist like little Jimmy Dickens or Porter Wagner, like those guys that were big into fishing back in the day and uh, have them on the show. And I was, I thought that was so cool to learn being as that's the lake I'm on. I'm like, Oh, cool. Al Linder's fished on my lake. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It's, a, it, it's an honor, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. it is. Very- so, Angie, this is the lure love segment. So, the one question we have for you is: If you had to pick one lure, and it was the only lure you could fish for the next year, what would it be? For me, my go-to, day in day out, I can almost always catch fish if I fish the the senko. Yeah, See, I, so I could have answered that. I am an <laughs> man. And I know I was like, it is going to be the flapping jack or the Senko. And I it's going to be the Senko. <laughs> and I knew know, it. Do you guys know the story of how the Senko came about? I All I know Tell is. Us. Yeah, let's hear it. So, so this is what I heard from a friend. I've not done any actual research on it, but it makes sense. So. What I heard was Gary Yamamoto was at dinner or something, I don't know, and he was looking at an ink pen. And the shape of his ink pen, he was like, this would make a really good lure. And so he made it into a mold, and it became the Senko. But yeah, I went out a couple days ago fishing, and I was... I was like determined that Chatterbait was going to be the way to go. And Percy Priest is, that's the lake I'm on. It's very rocky. There's, you, you lose lures all day long on Percy Priest because it's just, it's just that kind of lake. Like if you're going to fish a shaky head, you better be prepared to lose 90% of your jig heads because you're, you're just going to get hung. I mean, it's, and so I lost two chatter baits. And I was starting to get a little discouraged. I did get I did get bit on one of them right off the bat with actually a, a single swim as my trailer. And uh, I was like, oh, I mean, second cast, I got bit on it. And I'm like, oh, this is the way to go. And then I lost it. And that was my, lo- my last single swim I had. And so I got to order some more of those. But anyway, throughout the day, I ended up, I'm like, you know what? Senko, I just it always gets it done for me. So I tied it on. Sure enough, again it was like the second or third cast, and I got one. And uh, it's just always my go-to. Maybe it's this lake. I don't know, but it no, works. It's, it's, it's not the lake. It's a fantastic <laughs> bay. That was a nice fish, by the way. But oh. uh, um, no, I you know know so many guides clay included that when they get a, a a newbie out there they just hand them a senko and say throw this out reel it back slow i've taken so many new fishers fishing and done the exact same thing and you know, put that senko on there and, and it's you know you're well it's just a plastic worm well it, it's different it's the finesse it you know you can either have you know things with a lot of action curl tails and and long wavy tails and ribbon worms and, and lake and then you can have these things with the real you know, subtle action and, and, uh, the Sanko just fits that bill. Color wise on this lake, Percy priest is pretty stained, but green pumpkin is the yeah. go-to yeah. you go with green pumpkin. I guess I, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that, you know, fish, 
fish see ultraviolet and for some reason the green pumpkin to them looks like a crawfish mm-hmm. I, I mean I, it's kind i believe that yeah it's kind of like and, and like a dying one you know if it's got some little speckle to it or whatever it looks a little broken up to them and so it looks like mm-hmm. it's injured or or dying and wow. um, yeah so ah. Personally, and maybe I'm not fishing it right, I don't know, but I've had zero success with a wacky rig Sanko. So I just Texas rig it all day long. Whether but depending on the wind, I might add a little weight. Uh, but most of the time I, I prefer to fish it weightless. Sure. And doing that, you gotta have some patience, you know. You gotta, Absolutely. You gotta be slow and Sometimes I'll just let it sit there for a little bit, you know, and then reel it back a little bit. She has invited uh, uh, Clay and and me down, um, and we are going to be the Cabana Boys on her (laughs) her, her boat (laughs) next summer. Um, Awesome. <laughs> hey, you have not seen me in a speedo. You may not, you know, <laughs> you may not say awesome, but I will bring you. Wait a minute. <laughs> what isn't that Alcabana boys dress? I, I, anyway, no. well, it has been great having you on the segment, Angie. Um, great stories, and uh, can't wait to hear more about how you're doing on the tour and all your future success. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, always a pleasure talking about the Lindners and uh, always a pleasure being on the Fish Nerds podcast. More love, can't I make you see? Why buy five lures when you can buy a hundred and three? All right. That was excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Crappy Hippie, Tim Beat, and Angie Scott for doing that tribute. Uh, I could not have done better because I get confused with different brands and who's who. <laughs> so we really appreciate having you being part of this show. And that's it. That's the whole show. Uh, special thanks. That's it. Well, let's, let's do the whole thing. We'll do a proper, proper ending. I'm so distracted. By the way, Grace, thank you for singing this song for us, too. Uh, that's it. You've listened to a bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Big thanks to Angie Scott, host of the Women Angler and Adventure podcast. And a great fun, fun friend of the Fish Nerds podcast also. We love her so much. Uh, huge, huge. I could not be more appreciative. Pre- I had a little bit to drink tonight. I could not appreciate Tim Beat or John King any more than I do. This show literally would have folded if it wasn't for uh, people like John King and uh, Tim for being part of it. It's a hard work doing this on my own, and we're so happy that they keep me motivated. That really, Honestly, they keep me going. And I appreciate that so much. And they do great work. Giant thanks. Huge giant thanks to all of our supporters on Patreon who help us afford to run this show. Uh, We have a couple of new Patreons here. $2 a month pledged by Chuck Hobble. Five bucks from Darren Radcliffe. And let's see. We've got $5 a month from Knitting Daddy Greg and five bucks from Nathan Otto. You guys will all receive an email from me soon which will have some really cool ringtones from the Fish Nerds podcast, and you'll be entered to win a monthly Fish Nerds swag bag, which I'll be doing the drawing for next week. Go to uh, patreon.com slash fishnerds to help support the show. We're looking for five bucks a month uh, to get in on the real action here. Until next time, follow the code of the Fish Nerds, spawn early and often, 
never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. I gotta find my closing music now that I have lower level. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the halibut! Fry it in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. It, it is a podcast. <laughs> Thanks again. Bye-bye.